Hi everyone, welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast and um, today I'm going to talk about something that's quite interesting, um, not that I'm implying the other podcasts are not interesting, but it's something that you're not going to find anywhere else, really. So um, we do a lot of work with corporate finance students and, and um, strategy practitioners, let's put it that way, or MBA students who want to be experts in strategy. And um, when tackling cases, I think that a lot of people... When you're looking at non-organic options for growth, you know, organic being t- you know manipulating price, place, products, and whatever promotion and so on, but you look at non-organic options for growth, people just jump in and say M&A or JV. And one of the things we've, we've alluded to this before in previous podcasts, but I'm going to delve into a little bit more is is analyzing the M&A JV option because I don't think people or candidates are giving it sufficient um, rigor in their analysis. And the second thing is that we do have a very unusual way to handle to handle this that I must say has been enormously successful with candidates who have used this. And I want to talk you through this technique that we apply. And of course, you know, if you um, if you watch the consulting offer, you can see this in more detail. But but I want to talk about this here. So. Um, and the reason why this is not. Um, that heavily used, well, it's used by no one, is because it's a, it's it takes concepts that's really well known. Nothing I'm going to tell you is new, but it presents it in a very different way, a much more elegant way to analyze things. And this 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 piece that ties it together to analyze it has only really entered the mainstream consulting arena in maybe the last five to four years. So it hasn't really propagated out into the market and it hasn't even arrived in MBA schools yet. So let's just talk about this, right? So when most people talk about M&A and JV, they treat them like they are the same. Now let's assume we're doing a case. We've um, explored all the organic options, looking at inorganic options, and let's assume, well, the case I do is is one whereby um, a French nuclear company that builds nuclear power plants as uh, a one a bid to to build uh, nuclear power plants in China, but the Chinese but the, the the French government is not allowing the the French company to build a subsidiary in China to build the power plants. So the French company needs to figure out a way to, in inverted commas, enter the Chinese market without entering the Chinese market. Now, the case is difficult, right? Because basically I'm saying they want to enter the market, but the, f- the French government is not allowing them to build a subsidiary there. So what do they do? Now, before I go into the case, let me explain a very important point to you. The case starts off by saying a French company wants to enter the Chinese market. How do they do that? Now, when most people hear that statement, they immediately start thinking about how do you enter the market? Hmm... You do greenfields acquisition. You do a greenfields operation where you set up. You do a brownfields where you set up part of it, or you do an acquisition, and that's what they think about, right? Now, before you do that, think about the wording of this case. How does a French construction company enter the Chinese market? Assuming it's already won the contract, right? The choice of wording of the case is what is misleading here. If I had told you. The construction market for for nuclear power plants in China is worth 60 billion over five years. And I asked you this question: 
how does the French company capture 50% of the profits of that $60 billion? The question is very different, and you probably come up with a whole list of options. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because you must be very careful when you hear market entry cases. No CEO who is sane and, and likes having a non-stressful life gets up in the morning and says, I want to enter a new market. No one does that because it is ridiculously complex. No CEO wants to do that. No one. No one. Maybe he's having problems with his wife. Maybe his children are teenagers and he wants to travel a lot. Maybe then he wants to spend most of his time on international flights. But beyond those reasons, you want to be at home on a Saturday at 8 o'clock in bed, right? Let's, let's be clear about that. So now, in a market entry case, even though the case is worded as how do you enter the market, what the interviewer is actually telling you is how do you capture the profits from that market? Now, when you change the wording in that way, things become dramatically interesting. Because notice the wording, how do I capture the profits versus how do I enter the market? Because when I say how do I enter the market, people immediately think about how do you physically enter the market. And when you think about physically entering the market, you eliminate a whole host of very, very powerful techniques. So let's just talk about these techniques. The first one is licensing. The second one is outsourcing. And the third one is ODM, Original Design Manufacturing, also known as white labeling. Now let's talk about, let's use this example about how you can use these three techniques to capture the profits in the market, in aka enter the Chinese market without entering the Chinese market. And I think we can all agree that if you figure out a way to capture the profits from a market without entering the market, your shareholders would reward you, you'd be a hero, and you could sleep at home at 8 o'clock every day. Well, at least maybe some days. But how do you do this? Sounds very theoretical, but it's not theoretical. Let me explain to you how it's done. And I'll give you very easy examples of companies that do this all the time, right? In a licensing agreement, the French company can give the Chinese company access to its technology, and the Chinese company can build it in China. The French company is not entering the Chinese market but their technology is entering the Chinese market. But most importantly, they're being paid for the technology to enter the Chinese market. So they're getting profits from the Chinese market without entering the Chinese market. Make sense? I'll, I'll just walk through that again. In a licensing deal, the French company says, hey, China, um, we'll license our technology for you for a couple of billion dollars under these terms and these conditions. I will even give you the specs on how to maintain it and so on. And in that deal, the French company has entered the Chinese market physically, but they've captured the profits in the market. Do you see that? That's an example of how you are taking the profits without entering the market. And that's what a market entry is all about. It's not about entering a market, it's about capturing the profits without entering the market. Now let's look at, let's just st stick on, li in licensing, the French company owns its IP licenses it to the Chinese company. Now let's look at an outsourcing deal. Now outsourcing is the opposite of licensing. How does that work? Let's assume in an outsourcing deal, the Chinese company partners with a Russian company and takes the Russian company's IP. So the Russian company licenses its technology to the Chinese company. The Chinese company goes to the French company and says, hey, we will give you 
the technology we have, we'll not give you, but we're going to hand it to you. You must fabricate the reactors according to these specific specifications and ship it back to us. In that example, the Chinese company has outsourced its production to the French company. Again, the French company has captured the profits of the fabrication phase of construction, but has not entered the Chinese market. So look at the difference between licensing and outsourcing. In licensing, the French company is giving its technology to the Chinese. In outsourcing, the Chinese company is giving technology to the French company. The French company doesn't own that technology, it's not even licensing it, it's using it to produce something which is then has to hand back to the Chinese company. Make sense? Now here's an even better example. White goods. Third option. The French company says, hey, you know what? We will use our technology. We will fabricate the parts and we'll hand you the fabricated parts. That's known as white goods. The, the Chinese company is taking the finished parts, slapping its logo onto it and saying, we made it. Now look at this, right? In all these options, the French company has not actually entered the Chinese market, but it has captured a large chunk of the profits of the market, right? Now you may ask, you may be thinking to yourself, this is a highly theoretical concept, but it's not. Let me give you some classic examples of companies that do this. Netflix. Netflix licenses video libraries from a whole lot of companies, right? Let's assume that I am in Argentina. I'm, I'm a okay independent studio. I don't have the money to enter the UK market to distribute my products, to enter the Chinese. I can't do that, right? But how do I capture the profits from that market without entering like simple? I give, I license my library to Netflix. Netflix then enters each of these markets and collects revenue from paying subscribers and I get a percentage of that. Or depending on how the way you structure. But look at this. I've actually, I've actually captured the profits from these markets without entering these markets. Now here's another better example of this. I mean, I'm sure for 80% of the people who wear uh, tested glasses or, or prescription glasses, listening to this, probably going to have some version of a luxury brand, you know, Kate Spade glasses, Polo, Burberry, Bulgari, Louis Vuitton, or whatever. Do you know that that sunglass is not made by Burberry, Bulgari, and so on? Except for Louis Vuitton, they make their own sunglasses. All not just sunglasses, all prescription branded glasses and prescription sunglasses and even branded sunglasses that are not prescription is made by a French it was made by an Italian company called Luxottica. Luxottica takes licenses the logos of all these luxury brands, slaps it onto these glasses and sells it worldwide. Now what's the benefit to Burberry? Well Burberry is a fairly wealthy luxury brand, but it certainly doesn't have the manpower, resources to enter 150 different markets around the world. So there, it's it's used Luxottica to enter many markets, but it's technically not entered the market, it simply captured the profits on that market, right? That's one example of this. And, and there are you know, numerous other examples of this. So when you think about market entry, it's not about market entry, it's about capturing the profits in the market. And you shouldn't have to do that by entering the market directly. Remember, you can either license, you can outsource, 
or you can go for white labeling. All of them are viable options, right? When thinking through these options, always ask yourself who owns the intellectual property and who bears the risk for the finished product. In licensing, the French company is handing its technology to the um, Chinese. If the power plant doesn't work or there's not enough demand, the Chinese bear the responsibility for that. In outsourcing, it's fairly similar principle as well, right? The, the Chinese have given the Russian technology to the French and asked them to manufacture it. And the Chinese then agree they're going to buy a fixed number of goods. If there's no demand for it, it's not the French company's fault, right? ODM, very similar as well. So you can see managing liabilities and so on becomes a much easier deal when you look at this gray space. Well, it's a gray space because no one explores it before entering a market. So before you start entering any market with, you know, green fields and brown fields and this field and that field, consider that there are far more elegant solutions to enter a market that work, right? Now, there are obviously dangers of licensing. Anyone who's ever been to Russia will know that. You know, in the 70s, the Fiat licensed some car design to the Russians, and every car that came out of Russia in the 1980s looked like that car design because the Russians simply stripped it off. So licensing is, is, is a short-term game. It's a short-term game because ultimately... You need, you need to be very careful in the countries you license to because the engineers that you license the technology to are going to learn what you have and they're going to replicate it. That is why there's so much effort to bring countries into the World Trade Organization because if you're not a member of the World Trade Organization, you are not barred by the same uh, rules governing licensing and intellectual property management. So when you're licensing to a goods when you're licensing your technology to a company or to a country that's not part of the World Trade Organization, it's going to be difficult. Even if you're a member of the World Trade Organization, it's going to be difficult. You know, so so it's better to license to within regions that have the same um, judicial system, which is why the European Union is such a good system, right? very similar judicial system, which is why things work within the United States. Each state has its own rules and regulations, but the federal system tends to govern intellectual property rules. So whenever you're doing an M&A case, always remember this. First thing, an M&A case is not asking you to enter a market, it's asking you to capture profits from that market. And I can assure you, there's, in most of the cases you're doing, there's um, probably... I would say 50% of them can be tackled with some variation of licensing, outsourcing, and white goods manufacturing. So just think about that. So the other lesson here is be careful of the question you ask yourself. If you phrase the question incorrectly, you get led down a dangerous path, ultimately. As always, I'll be more than happy to provide um, feedback and answer any questions.